Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Church of Grace and Peace's online church service. I was just talking to Pastor James. He called it online experience. I like that because we're experiencing, hopefully, the Lord's presence here across the airwaves. So we're really a blessing to have you with us. Uh, how about if we pray over our offering? I know folks are giving online, mailing in offerings. We appreciate you deeply. It shows you're putting the kingdom of God first in your life, and that's what matters. Amen. Uh, so let's just pray here. Father God, we thank you for the financial giving, Father, of your people. Uh, they're putting you first, Father, by declaring Jesus as Lord over their finances. Mortal men, Father, receive these gifts for the sake of the kingdom. But Father God, you give to the giver, Lord God, abundantly beyond all they could ever ask or think. So may this power work within them, Father, from heaven, as you would bless them today in their giving. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I'd like to pray over our message tonight. Father God, we invite Holy Spirit to make a connection between my spirit and the spirit of the folks there that are listening. That, Father, the Word of God would go in deeply, and that, Lord, the understanding of your Word would bring us fruit in the days ahead. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are on a Sunday sermon series uh, on vision, and this is the third sermon in that series. Uh, there are many ways to approach such a big topic, and it is a big topic. Uh, there's personal vision versus corporate vision. Uh, tonight I want to talk about per, uh, personal vision. I want to examine a concept called convergence and how to find it. It's a very important one that a lot of people miss. Um, in John chapter 15, verse 8, Jesus tells us, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. So, that, so prove to be my disciples. Not a little fruit, much fruit. Okay, so bearing fruit this side of heaven is our charge. As long as you are physically in this body, you are to bear fruit for the kingdom of God. So bearing fruit is something we should consider by what we do, how God has gifted us, and where are we going? What's God's plan for our life in the direction we're going? So we're going to be looking at these. But first of all, it's very important to remember that Christianity here is not a, um, an, int uh, an intellectual pursuit or a philosophy. It's a relationship. Christianity is a supernatural experience, a supernatural relationship with God, and it's a supernatural relationship that will require supernatural abilities, which we call spiritual gifts. And uh, these supernatural gifts, we can't earn them. Uh, but they're generously bestowed upon us by Father God, and he doesn't give cheap gifts. Amen? Uh, so there are abilities and giftings that we receive from him. And uh, if someone is a believer, they're given these supernatural giftings to carry out supernatural tasks by a supernatural God. So now some folks may not have yet discovered some of these spiritual giftings. Perhaps um, next year for, uh, we might put that into our uh, uh, church calendar to teach on it more specifically. Uh, while others have experienced spiritual giftings, uh, they often lie dormant. They don't use them. Uh, they don't use them until a believer puts himself in a situation where they come out and they surface. And then very often uh, people will go, wow, I didn't know that was in me because the Lord has gifted you. But you've got to be put in situations where uh, people's faith will pull on you and the giftings surface. So once they surface, we discover them and then we focus on how they shape us for our ministry in the body of Christ. Every believer 
has a ministry in the body of Christ. Ministry simply means service. As a service in the body of Christ. And hopefully we grow in the depth of that. So there's a relationship between how we're gifted, what we actually do in the body of Christ, and where we're going with that one day. Um, It's very important that we realize that we should never exceed the giftings that God has given us. That is frustration. We don't want to go there. We'll talk about that. We don't want to exceed the giftings that God has given us. So you have a fill-in-the-blank sheet, um, and uh, number one here is, when our giftings meet our activity, we have found a point of convergence in our life. And then number two on your list there, convergence is where we need to be for maximum effectiveness in fruit bearing or in bearing fruit, any way you want to put it. So convergence is simply a meeting of two points. They come together and that's a juncture. And it's like when two roads meet together and cross, where they, you're here, where they cross, that's considered a crossroads or a convergence of the roads. Um, So convergence is where we have a meeting together taking place. A crossing over. It's very similar to the Hebrew word paga, P-A-G-A, which means in English to meet, to join, to encounter. This is where the will of God comes to a crossroads with the will of men. We don't want to miss God. We want to make a convergence where his will for our lives meet what we do in life. So on your third fill in here, It says, convergence then becomes the course of my life. Meets the will of God. I'm I'm sorry. Convergence becomes where the course of my life meets the will of God, uh, meets the will of Father God's plans in my life. Oh, let me read that again. Convergence then becomes where the course of my life meets the will of Father God's plans for me in my life. Got you on that one. Um, So here's the situation. We want this. We want my course of life to be where God's will for me, Father God's will, meets and there's a plan for my life. We want that. That's the point. We want that. So the situation is we're unique. We're one of a kind. We have talents that must not go to waste. Uh, One way to look at a graveyard very often is people who took the giftings and talents God gave them to the grave. Never used them in life. They took the giftings, the potential God had for them to the grave. Unfortunately, that's a lot of them. Lost potential. That ought not be. Um, We all have 24 hours in a day. Now, trick question, what does the richest man in the world and the poorest man in the world have in common? They have 24 hours a day. And since our energy and time are limited. We want to use it very wisely. So we need to uh, pursue significance in life. Um, Not importance, not things. Uh, We don't want to live where the toys of our success end at the grave, which is where they do. We want to pursue a significant life, and the fruit that we will bear in life will come out of our significant contribution that just lives on. Uh, If we do something uh, we like to do, 
uh, we accomplish more in less time and save more energy. We should all have want to jobs, not have to jobs. Too many people in life have have to jobs, not want to jobs. Uh, and regarding jobs in the marketplace of life where we earn our living, uh, many never find the financial abundance that they need because they work in a place in their life where they're not gifted or where their gifts don't shine up and come forth. Uh, it tells us in Deuteronomy 8.18, we're not going to show the scripture, but it tells us that he gives us the power to make wealth. Uh, that power to make wealth very often is not released in many people's lives because they're working in jobs or careers where their giftings don't come out or aren't required of. And we need to have employment in life where our giftings show up. Uh, so that's the situation that, that we're all in. But why is this so important? Um, we're on a series regarding vision, and I'm speaking here more on personal vision for our lives and what we do. Uh, convergence is important because of John 15 that we read, uh, that we looked at. We want to bear as much fruit as possible in the kingdom of God, the most effectiveness that we can bring this side of heaven. Convergence is important because spending on our time on doing what we're good at and, and is, is what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, too many people spend time on what they're not good at, and that's not good because it doesn't bear fruit. We want to spend our time on things we're good at. Convergence will show us this. Uh, convergence will help us reach excellence. Uh, it will maximize our use of our time, energy, and talents. Um, it helps us prioritize our time, con convergence. Uh, sadly, not many leaders in the body of Christ. How about that? Not many leaders in the body of Christ reach convergence uh, because either they're ignorant of it, that is, they haven't learned, or they don't take it seriously. We want to find a place of convergence as we minister in the Lord. It's very important to know in life what is not convergence for you. I'll tell you a quick story uh, that Dr. Peter Wagner told us one time when I was at his house in Colorado. Uh, he mentioned a seminary where he had taught at. And the highest really position you want to achieve if it's bestowed upon you in the seminary is to be the head of the department. The head of the department is a big deal. Anyway, there was this one gentleman there who was immensely gifted with the Word of God. Uh, he never used notes when he spoke, didn't have to, memorized everything. They were amazed at his abilities. And, um, but he had no administrative abilities. He had no giftings for that. And the seminary thought they were doing good. They made him the head of the department. So he has literally achieved the greatest you can get in seminary work. And um, then they notice all of a sudden he's carrying around notebooks and he's carrying around notes. He is literally out of his element. Uh, he is beyond his giftings at this point. As a teacher of the Word of God, he was phenomenal, but he was not gifted beyond that. And then one day, to everyone's shock and surprise, he committed suicide. And the student body was devastated and shocked. Professors were devastated and shocked. But Peter Wagner had realized what happened. He had gone beyond convergence. He had gone out of the will of God for his life into something he was not gifted for, and he couldn't handle it, yet felt the pressure he had to. Uh, wow. That's a, an extremely sad position when someone doesn't know what is convergence for their lives. It can destroy you. 
In this man's case, it overwhelmed him, and he didn't know how to get help. Uh, I have had people say to me over the years, uh, hey, are you going to start a church, or when are you going to start a church? And my answer is firmly, no. I am not gifted for that. God has not called me to do that. If I do that, I am out of the giftings of God for my life, and it'll produce nothing but frustration, will not produce fruit in the kingdom of God. It would be a mistake. What I do, I do uh, that I found in the convergence of God for my life. You don't go beyond your convergence. It's dangerous. So we all need to be freed from what we're not gifted for. If you're not gifted for a certain something, you shouldn't be doing it. Uh, and it, it's a freedom to know that. Uh, so some will exceed, some will try to uh, seek activities beyond what they're gifted for. Why? Sometimes it's pride. Sometimes it's just ambition. And sometimes they're just very insecure people. Uh, they're people pleasers who can't say no. They're insecure. Um, people push them into things that they don't have a heart for. Uh, all these motives are a journey to personal frustration. So let's look at uh, how do I arrive at convergence? I think that's number four here on your sheet. It says, how do I find convergence? Okay, there's a whole bunch of ways to find it here. We could spend hours on this one. This is a very long explanation. Uh, we don't have hours, so we'll try to make this as brief as possible just to give you the, the important points here. Number one here on your sheet, tune into your temperament. That is, how has God wired you? We need to understand ourselves better. Sometimes it's called, what is our fit? Uh, how are we put together? What is our fit like? Um, that's a whole topic in itself. Uh, for example, just an example, task people versus people people. If you're a people person, you will be frustrated as a task person. If you're a task person, you will not be comfortable as a people person. So are you a behind-the-scenes person, which is very valid, or are you a person that has to be around people, has to work with people one-on-one? -on -one? That's also very valid. One is not superior to the other. It's just a different wiring in how you're put together. I, my own son tried a position one time in, as a career where it was a task position, and he was miserable at it because that's not how he's wired. He's wired as a people person. Then changed, and now he's doing very well at what he does as a people person. Yes, there's tasks, but he must be around people. That's how he's gifted. That's an important thing to find. So tune into your temperament. Second here, number two, discover and deploy your spiritual gifts. Romans chapter 12 here, verse 6, uh, which has been coined the motivational gifts in the body of Christ. And since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let each one exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith. And then it goes on to mention them one after another. Uh, when we teach on spiritual gifts here, we teach people to, to identify those motivational gifts that all believers have been given and find which ones are yours. It just so happens mine has to, is teaching. That's my number one motivational gift in the body of Christ. It makes me tick. So, and I live out that motivational gifting. That's a long explanation of how that operates. We can't do that today, but um, it's important to discover what your motivational giftings are here in Romans 12. They've been called the Romans 12 giftings and use that as how you serve in the body of Christ. Number three here, play your position. Obviously a sports phrase, but very important, what's your position on the team? Um, obviously, that's a big deal in, in team sports. 
soccer, basketball, uh, football, hockey. If you go out of position, the other team takes an advantage and your team suffers. Uh, there's a position given to you in the body of Christ, and you need to play it out and not do what you're not gifted for. What are you gifted to do? That's a position to play in the body of Christ. Uh, pride here is a big enemy on this topic because we always want to be something else or something better, we think in our heads. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12, really explains this. Uh, for we do not presume to rank or compare ourselves with some of those who commend themselves. But when they measure themselves by themselves, compare themselves with themselves, they have no understanding. To briefly explain that, it's kind of odd how Paul worded it. To briefly explain it, it basically means I don't look at what somebody else does in the body of Christ and says, well, I should be doing that. I'm comparing myself with them. I'm not realizing they may have giftings that I don't have that why they do what they do. And we need to realize I can't through pride try to promote myself in the eyes of men. That's a major mistake in life. Uh, there was a Christian country song many years ago I think it was back to the 1970s, only Maureen Lavender knew this. I was shocked. And it was called, Nobody Wants to Play Rhythm Guitar Behind Jesus. Everyone Wants to Be the Leader of the Band. Fierce country. And uh, it was like, cool. Isn't that true? Everyone wants to be the leader of the band. You can't do that. That's not how God works. We have a position to play in the body of Christ, and we should rejoice in it. You know, Jesus' disciples constantly argued amongst themselves. Who is greater? Who should be the boss here and there? Totally carnal. That's the 2 Corinthians 10 scripture we just read. Uh, rather, what giftings do you have? And that's what you should employ. Okay, number four here. Uh, examine where you're at. We'll get to the second sentence in a minute. Examine where you're at. This is really big. This is where we could spend a lot of time. Uh, if you know there is something uh, beyond your current position that you should be doing, you believe you should be doing, and you're being held back, that is called a ceiling. Like the ceiling? That's called a ceiling. And we need to examine ourselves why there's a ceiling over our life. A lot of people have ceilings over their lives that prevent them from moving on to all they can be in Christ. Um, so what ceiling prevents you from going higher? And the concept there, there was a wonderful theologian who wrote a book on that, and um, it's the concept of hot air balloons. Hot air balloons are held down by what's called constraints. Uh, they're sandbags, and when you cast off the sandbags, which is the constraints, the balloon starts to soar real high in the air because the balloons are designed to soar high in the air and constraints are designed to hold them back. We are designed to soar in the body of Christ. Uh, and there are constraints to hold us back that aren't from the Lord. So uh, what have we been designed by God for to soar so high? That's a personal question. What's holding us down? is a bigger question. We need to discover what those hindrances are and cast them off like sandbags of constraints. I'm just going to mention a few of them now. Number four here is on line B, or second part of it, remove ceilings slash constraints. Examine where you're at, remove ceilings 
constraints. Again, here's where we could spend a lot of time. I'm just going to list a whole bunch, try to briefly talk about them. Constraints can be spiritual. Some people are spiritually oppressed. They need to break that in Christ, in the name of Jesus. Some are held back by relationships. Some folks will excel when they get married. How about that? My life drastically changed, uh, and marriage was a part of it in serving the Lord. Some people need to be married. How about that? Relationships. Sometimes people do not have good relationships with other people. Certainly, sinful relationships will hold us back. Uh, where we're, you know, people are sexually involved outside of marriage. That's a, res- that's a restraint on your life big time. It's a constraint, and uh, that's due to sin. Financial is another one. Some people are held back by finances. Uh, education. Some people need uh, to learn more or be educated more formally for their giftings in life. We have a Bible school here at the church uh, to help us learn how to uh, understand the scriptures. Why do I believe what I believe? Uh, And that, for some folks, has been a tremendous release for them in their lives, a constraint removed because of a lack of education of the Word of God. Uh, Lifestyle. Some people live lifestyles that are uh, a constraint in their lives uh, that needs to be freed from. Character is another one. Uh, Some people, you can't trust their word. Some people, uh, they say one thing and do something else. Some are not dependable. Some are not faithful. That's a character restraint and constraint for someone's life. Attitude. Some people just got bad attitudes. They expect the world to give them everything, or uh, they're not grateful, or they're not complimentary to other people. They don't act kind to people. Attitude. Location. Yeah, some people need to move. Some need, people need to move, and uh, a different location is in God's plan for their life. That's a very personal question. Employment. Um, some folks need to change uh, careers, jobs. We need to make not career decisions, but vision decisions that fit into God's vision for our lives. A lot could be said about that. Alignment. Some folks are not properly aligned, and that's a constraint against them. They need to know who are, who are they sitting under in the Word of God. What spiritual alignments do they have with apostles, prophets, uh, pastors, teachers, etc.? That's an important issue. Lack of giving. How about that? Some people are just plain cheap. Some people need to die to self and learn to give. It'll break selfishness in your life. Uh, as, the, as Pastor Walt used to say, the longest nerve in the human body, it goes from the heart to the wallet. Uh, hey, giving's a big deal. It really is. Uh, for some people, it's the last area where there's a constraint where they're um, uh, holding back from the Lord being the Lord of their lives. Giving's a big issue. It can be a constraint for lack of giving. And then there's curses. People have family curses in their lives that need to be broken spiritually uh, in Christ. Uh, the great Bible teacher, um, Derek Prince, taught about that one time. He was really big on teaching on curses, and he used his own life as an example that there was a financial curse over his life that he could not get ahead financially. When he, that was found and broken in Christ, all of a sudden his ministry flourished financially. That was a constraint. So these are all very serious things we have to seek the Lord on. What is holding us back from soaring in Christ? Okay, number five here on your sheet. Choose your battle guard your heart. Choose your battles, guard your heart. Uh, People will want to pull you into their battles. You have to be very careful about this. They will want you to join with them, pull you into their offense of something they're offended over. Or they'll try to uh, offer you incentives for joining their uh, attitudes, 
flattery, promises. They'll chide you if you don't come along. Uh, you can't do that. You can't take on somebody else's battle. You have to be very careful about something like that. Guarding your heart here, it tells us in the book of Proverbs, is a very big issue. If you try to fight every battle that comes your way or try to fight other people's battles, you'll never reach convergence because only the battles that you can win will bring you another step higher in convergence. Very separate issue. Wish we had time to talk about that. And lastly here, number six on your handout, learn no. One of the most important words to reach convergence is no. Learn to say no to those things that don't fit into God's plan for your life. Because not all opportunities are God opportunities. All decisions must be seen through the lens of convergence. I don't see light like you do. I wear glasses. Light comes through my lenses. Therefore, I see through the lenses of glasses the light around me. Likewise, in life for convergence, to reach convergence, I have to see through the lens of God's plan for my life and God's convergence for my life. And if it doesn't fit it, I have to say no. I knew of someone here at Grace and Peace many years back, uh, worked for a bank, big position, was offered a position in England, very big money. He, he, he could even commute to England from America. And he said, if that's going to take me away from the Church of Grace and Peace in Tom's River, where the Lord has sent me, I don't want this job. He understood convergence. He was finding convergence in life, and that was a distraction. Bigger money doesn't necessarily mean the will of God. Wow. He made a vision decision for his life, not a career decision. Everyone thought he was out of his mind not making this career decision, but it wasn't a vision decision. He chose a vision decision and chose convergence to see his life through. Um, so, if we uh, do not advocate for our own convergence in the vision for our life, nobody else will. This is something we're responsible for ourselves. So, uh, we, we bring this to a conclusion here. I want to just mention advantages for reaching convergence. I said a few already. I'll throw some more out. Um, you'll get the greatest return on your work. You'll avoid the strain of doing things you're not equipped for. What a freedom to know I'm not equipped to do X, Y, Z, and I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I don't have giftings for that. I've told people very often, I don't have a children's ministry. Lovely little darlings, pat them on the head, say, hey, where's your mother? And that's about it. I have no children's ministry here, and I don't do children's ministry. I am not equipped for that. God has not gifted me for that. Love them, pray for them, great. I do my best to help, but I'm not a child's minister. Um, and I know it. You should need to know what you're equipped for and not equipped for. Um, also, advantages here, you'll, you'll be better equipped to make important decisions in your life. When you're finding the convergence of God's will for your life and what you're doing, you'll know what you should and should not do. It'll help you make important decisions. And my last point here is uh, you'll experience refreshment and invigorment. Invigorment or invigoration, whatever. You'll be invigorated of the true vision for your life. We need to be invigorated. Uh, we need to be refreshed. Working with the Lord should be a refreshment, not a burnout. If it's a burnout, you haven't found convergence. It should be a refreshment to serve the Lord in all that we do. So I hope you find convergence. Let's pray. 
Father God, my brothers and sisters in Christ who are hearing this message, Father, may they be a people that find convergence. May they find the vision in life that where your will meets their situation of life. And Father, they walk in a manner pleasing unto you, bearing fruit in the kingdom, Lord God, from a convergence of meeting the mind of heaven, the will of heaven, the grace of heaven. We thank you for this, Father, in these days ahead, that you would bring this back to their memory, that they would take this serious as a guidepost for their lives, that, Lord God, truly uh, they would benefit greatly from meeting your will in their days. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.